0: I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, continuing the series called Voices of the Soul. Today, um, if you want my notes, go to my website, www.barbarabyers.com, for a summary. Today, I'm going to be talking about actually a disease of the soul called introspection. So introspection is an unhealthy habit of inward self-examination where we think and rethink and rehash and ruminate. It is an exercise in futility actually, but we're we're looking inward to try to find the truth. But it involves our rational mind in a very narcissistic way. It also involves our receptive mind, the intuition and imagination, our emotions and our will and our desires. So with introspection, we are constantly preoccupied with our own mind, our own thoughts, trying to figure something out, uh, rethinking a past conversation or an event, pulling it apart, and then trying to put it back together in some meaningful whole that never works because we're looking for answers within ourself rather than pausing with any issue and looking to the Lord for his answer. We're imagining how the future could be and projecting into it. Now, there's a healthy part of that, but I'm talking about the unhealthy part of that. We are way too subjective within ourselves to think well in isolation. We are not created for monologue, we're created for dialogue uh, with the Lord and with others. And uh, if we engage in introspection, it just catches us in a net of a very lonely monologue. And we find that it's destructive to our intellectual mind, and it's also destructive to our receptive heart. It's seductive, it's dangerous, and it can develop into a stronghold. And in that stronghold, the demonic can hide and actually torment our mind. So the voice of introspection we might say is, I turn on myself, I'm inspecting my own life. It can be relentless in its criticism. And we're examining ourselves through this lens of either self-approval or self-deprecation. We're vacillating between the two, but it's like an autoimmune of the soul. An autoimmune of the body is when the body turns on itself and attacks itself. And that's what introspection is like in the soul, turning and devouring itself. It can also involve the sins of envy, pride, self-hatred, and it will certainly convolute our prayer life and hinder us. Um, God didn't create us to dismantle every situation and every feeling, but our own pride sometimes demands that we... um, intellectualize things it demands that we that through the intellectual mind that's the primary way of knowing and so we can appoint ourselves our own inspectors Um, and this really just tears apart and deconstructs but it doesn't ever reconstruct in a healthy way only the lord and his truth can do that f.b meyer said there are some true children of god real christians who induce their own darkness by morbid self-scrutiny. What we really need is the light. The BBC stress, stress test is one of the largest studies of mental health ever done. And they found that the biggest predictor of mental health problems is rumination. It's introspection. It's one of the biggest predictors of mental health problems like depression, anxiety, and so on. Um, And this can cause such a fog of shame and guilt and confusion to hang over us with a lot of patterns of condemnation, what we should have done, what we ought to have done. Um, If our own intellect is master, we're going to try to control the outcomes. We're not going to let the Lord be in charge, and that's never from the Holy Spirit. Uh, And it just ends up producing very distorted pictures because it's so subjective. So introspection has to do with both faculties of the mind, both the intellectual mind and the receptive mind. The intellect turns on itself and paralyzes the receptive heart by turning on itself. We're using our beautiful mind in wrong ways, and unhealthy ways, and there's no, proper connection and balance between the two minds. So underlying a pattern of introspection, because I'm speaking of introspection as a habit pattern, um, is a deeper anxiety. We often have this sort of unsettled state of unrest. We may constantly feel like, you know, something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. Fenelon wrote, our defects considered in the light of self make us restless. They interrupt the presence of God. You see, we're either going to have the presence of God we're practicing or the presence of self we're practicing with introspection. So they interrupt the presence of God. We need to instantly drop all needless and restless reflections which arise from self-love. He's talking about the wrong kind of self-love. So when we have unrest from this, it's like, Our pride demands that everything be examined and defended and reworded and reworked and approved. And yet we just get mired in this abyss of afraid to to think and afraid to stop thinking. F.B. Meyer wrote, perhaps you look too much inward on self instead of outward on the Lord Jesus. The healthiest people do not think about their health. The weak induce disease by morbid introspection. They're always going back on themselves, analyzing their motives, reconsidering past acts of consecration, comparing themselves with themselves. But what darkness can result from such a course? Indeed, darkness does result. So, We have to stop overvaluing this way of knowing and undervaluing the receptive heart because it really does impoverish us. And when we intellectualize all our experiences, we just end up destroying them and diminishing the good. It's sort of like going on a vacation and you just take so many pictures and you're excited, but you never really stop and enjoy yourself because you're just behind the camera all the time, taking all these pictures. And uh, later you look at the pictures and the sort of mystery and beauty and excitement you tried to capture, and yet you feel a yearning that you weren't truly present for all of that. So as I said, God has designed us for dialogue. And uh, we're to interact with Him, we're to interact with others, we're to interact with beauty and truth and nature in wonderful ways. And when we do that, the movement of our soul is up toward Him, out toward others, and it's, it's an open movement. But introspection is just the opposite. It's a movement where we go down and in. I've heard it called staring at your own belly button. You can just see that you're incurved on yourself. So it's down, it's in, and it's closed. It's like a closed loop where we're just recycling and recycling the dirty water. You know, even David had trouble with this. In the Psalms he said, why do you take counsel in your own soul? Just recycling the same things. One day I was reading the collected letters of C.S. Lewis, and I came across this quote that I thought was so potent. He described it as madness. He said, your thoughts merely go round and round a wearisome circle. Now hopeful, now despondent. Can't you see it? Hopeful, oh, despondent. Oh, yeah, hopeful again. That way, madness lies. Introspection really is a form of madness that really diminishes our soul because we're constantly fixated on the self, on our own mind. And it cuts us off from love. It cuts us off from truly loving others and being present. It cuts us off from receiving their love as well because we're not connected to them and we're not connected to the Lord when we're introspecting. You know, we can even do this when we're praying. We can even do it when we're ministering. We turn our eyes on ourselves. Some years ago, I was speaking, and just in, in the middle of speaking, I suddenly thought, oh, how do I look? And um, are they getting this? And does it sound okay? And am I communicating well? Just those quick flashes. But I, I let it take hold of me for a moment, and I lost my place and my notes, and I realized what was happening. And just as quickly as I let it happen, I undid it, I turned to the Lord and said, oh, sorry Lord, and I just found my place and just said, it's it's this is yours it's your presence this is your and I just came present to the people again and to the Lord again that we can it can happen very easily where we turn away from being present and we start the self analysis it's like walking outside of ourself looking in or pinning ourselves to an insect board getting a magnifying glass and trying to find every uh, every little thing that could possibly be wrong so it is Really, a form of idolatry. We're trying to justify ourselves by our own self effort. We're looking hard at ourselves for solutions, but then we get into self loathing and then we get into pride at the same time. And we've chosen to think about ourselves rather than really being present to what we're feeling and experiencing. Sometimes we think we're doing that. But we're not. We're not really being present to what we're thinking and experiencing. And so, what we're doing is we're managing. We're leaning on our own understanding, the scripture says. And we've refused to suffer with the real issues of life. We've refused to come present to what's really happening. So, it puts self on the throne as the arbiter of truth. But, like every other idol, it's really a dark destroyer. It doesn't lift us up. It demands from us and it torments us and it keeps us in a place of estrangement from our own heart. Only God knows what dwells in any darkness we have. Daniel 2.22 says that. And only he can bring us into the light as we choose to say, yes, Lord, you come and examine my heart, Psalm 139 and our darkness is, is just absolutely no obstacle to him. So what are some of the things we experience with introspection? Well, depression, as I mentioned, anxiety, shame, sometimes fear, envy. So Steve Backlund wrote, negative, excessive introspection leads to discouragement and ultimately to depression. Certainly we can't be in denial about negative tendencies in our lives, we, we want to admit those. We want to bring those to the light. But the way to overcome these is not by continual self-analysis. Introspection can be a major enemy of joy and is completely counterproductive. Excessive introspection is the detailed mental self-examination of feelings, thoughts, and motives. The key to getting rid of darkness is to turn the light on, not to continually analyze the various aspects of the darkness and that's what introspection does. When we ought to move over here and flip the light on and exchange our darkness for his light, instead we choose to stay in the darkness. But he says we deal with our weaknesses primarily by growing in faith and filling our lives with the things of the Spirit and the Word. That's right, that's the exchange lives. So why do we do it? Why do we keep turning on ourselves this rational, critical, sort of parental mind that uh, demands we defend our actions? Why did you do that? What were you thinking? You know, we keep trying to take our own temperature, wondering if we've done something wrong and sort of like, if I can fix it, if I can figure it out, I'll feel better. I don't have to feel ashamed. I'll feel at ease from this um, anxiety. I won't be punished. And that's really why, why we're doing it. We're trying to reduce our own sense of shame and our own sense of anxiety that drive us to introspection. From childhood, we may have experienced so much punishment and shame that we're now, we've now internalized that and we're now shaming ourselves and being very self-critical, at trying to find a way out of that shame. But the cross is the way out of shame. So when we inspect our own flaws, we're actually avoiding reality. We're not in reality. Um, So what's the antidote to shame, to fear, to anxiety? Love. It's always love. It's perfect love that casts out fear because fear involves punishment. So it's coming to the Lord when these things start coming up and receiving His love, taking in the love of the Father. We are no longer gonna be punished. Christ was punished on the cross for us, so we no longer need to hide. We can bring it all to Him. And we, uh, as we use introspection, we're also trying to avoid anxiety. Anxiety drives the scrutiny, but we're attempting to gain a more secure future we're, attending, we're attempting to avoid fear, and we're also trying to avoid the pain of the past. So those two things, we're trying to avoid the pain of the past, sort of figuring it out. We're also trying to secure a better future for ourselves by this introspection. And by this, we think we'll tamp down our anxiety, but we won't. We're afraid of that interior pain. And that's why we're using that anxiety as a control device to avoid the pain of the past and to try to figure out a better future. But it just keeps us constantly thinking in circles As. Uh, Lewis said, it's madness. It's a black hole that sucks us in into the pain of self, the hell of self. And it just so disables us from living quietly in the present and in his presence and in the presence of one another. So using introspection, we depend on ourselves to relive and rethink a scenario. Oh, he said that and He just meant this, and next time I should say, and I'm going to go back and say, we can just be in this endless loop, but it's never settled. It's never settled because God's process is so different than that. We're not to continually try to figure something out, we're to take what's of value in that, forgive where we need to forgive, see the truth of what we need to see, and leave the rest. We don't have to live in regret. We trust Him to sort out and help us see what we're to sort out, and then we move forward and we don't squander the present. We live today, because Hebrews says today we can hear His voice, today we can, but if we engage in introspection, it stops that essential ability to hear His voice now and Doubt and unresolved things and anxiety will crowd will crowd out His voice because we just engage in all those what ifs. That is sure a high price to pay for uh, abandoning God's voice. And we don't need to rehearse how to live. We can just go about living. Uh, where we have been busy creating another reality uh, and having all these conversations with others that we're never going to have. Um, And actually, you know, that leaves us just feeling so powerless sometimes, which is an echo often of our childhood. We don't have to do that. We're empowered by the Lord. And where we've been triggered by this um, childhood deprivation, where we see, you know, I'm reacting to this, there's emptiness and envy, we can instead bless others. We can step into the light and truth of the Lord. And that's how we mature and become our true self. Introspection is not real maturity. It never will be, and it won't help us along the path. We may feel insightful while we're doing it, but it's not true insight. We're actually quenching the Holy Spirit because we're trying to figure out, how can I become? How can I become whole? How can I mature? But I'm trying to do it by managing myself internally rather than living in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Now, we understand that we do have to manage ourselves internally in the sense that uh, we exercise the fruit of self-control. But what I'm talking about is very different than that. Healthy self-examination involves the Holy Spirit, but this sort of thing only involves the old self. And if we ask him, what's going on? And, you know, what is this pain about that's fueling this introspection? He'll deal with the root soon enough. He'll show us what it is. He'll come and meet us in it. Because we're never going to know ourself by looking down and in, in our, ourself. We're only going to know our true self by looking up to the one who tells us who we are, who defines our very life. And he tells us what's true and real as we listen to him. So if we only stay tuned inward and listen to ourselves, we only get a version of sort of concentrated self-hatred. And, uh, it, and that is a sort of hell. But turned outward toward him, we're drawn into his presence. Um, I was treated for cancer a number of years ago, and so I read up about it, but I didn't I didn't unduly study it. I didn't unduly research it. I really trusted my doctor who was excellent. What I did instead was I took a lot of walks in nature. I stayed in the Word, especially healing scriptures. I surrounded myself with caring, faith-filled friends, not anxious people, but faith-filled people. So. Over researching the disease wouldn't have helped me, but focusing outward on healing and on goodness really helped and I believe sped, sped the healing. So if we wanna live from our true center, we have to be home in the present moment in a new relationship to time. We don't take ourselves back to the past or forward to the future. Uh, Paul David Tripp wrote, Real, sturdy, lasting peace isn't to be found in picking apart your life until you have understood all of its components. You will never understand it all because God, for your good and for His glory, keeps some of it shrouded in mystery. So peace is found only in trust, trust of the one who is in careful control of all the things that tend to rob you of your peace. He knows, He understands, He's in control of what appears to be chaos. So He's inviting us to trust Him and at the same time we're trusting Him to dethrone the old self and its old ways, to die to the old self. We are crucified with Christ and we live, but it's Him that lives in us, not the old self participating in its own enslavement. So to come free we're going to have to face a really significant life-changing decision and for some of you this was for me for some of you listening today this may really be life-changing first thing we're going to have to decide is i'm not going to manage the past or try to secure my own future i will live present i will trust him i will be in christ and then here's some things that we're going to have to repent of okay uh, number one, we're going to have to repent of trusting ourself as a way not to be present to the felt pain. So especially that's the pain of powerlessness in our early years. We're trying to trust self to figure it out and to fix it and to relieve our own anxiety. Second thing, we repent of our unbelief. We have to come out of thinking and ruminating and mulling and into believing, into faith. We're called to a life of faith, we're called to walk in the Spirit, we're called to learn His ways and practice His presence, and not practice our own constant evaluation of ourselves and situations and other people. The third thing is we're probably going to have to repent of our view of God. We often hold Him hostage by judging Him, by judging situations according to our own immature evaluations and expectations. So much of God is a mystery, and we find we don't fully trust him because we're not getting to know the real God. He didn't do things maybe the way we wanted, and so we're just trusting our own ruminations. We so need a right view of our loving Heavenly Father, of the Lord Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing that's going to give us a right view of ourselves. Fourth thing is we need to repent of idolatry toward ourself. We must soundly renounce the idol god self. I remember soundly renouncing the idol god Barbara and meaning it. We have worshiped our own reality, so now we turn away from self and its demands. And then fifth, we repent actually of the practice of introspection and of the stronghold we've allowed to be built in our lives that we've developed. Uh, And since we are going to do this repentance, it means we are gonna have to enter into the battle because this thing has become a stronghold. It has become habitual, and it is gonna take some real battling, uh, and more, more than one battle. We really have to enter into this in order to bring all this in obedience to Christ. And then once we've repented, we have to start choosing the truth over and over. We cultivate new habits. We cultivate the truth. And as we face these battle battles, we regain the lost ground that we gave up to this habit. His empowering grace will meet us at every battle it will meet us at every battle as we direct our heart to him rather than inward we look up and out in a way and um and we also come present to our own heart in doing this and so we learn to listen to him instead of listening to that diseased monologue within us when i repented of this many years ago it was strongly a fixed habit in me i often Felt discouraged because I felt like I told the Lord I felt like I hop on this train of introspection and before I know it it's going a hundred miles an hour just taking me into a conversation or situation or or whatever it's taking me and so I asked the Lord about it one day and I I prayed for an awareness we need a, an awareness to quickly know what we've just stepped into um, and he said. Um, rather than trying to spend your energy pulling up all those tracks that that train runs on, spend your energy over here laying new tracks, new thoughts, new words. Um, lay the good things so that when you find yourself caught in that, you can quickly repent and just take that same energy you're using on thought and, and turn it this way. Exchange it. and. So it's a redirecting of the energy of that train and focusing on the the good and the whole and the new. So there is gonna be a battle over control of our minds. So we're gonna have to continually replace that with renewed thoughts. And we can just simply pray. You know, this is practicing the presence of the self. So we just say, Lord, thank you. I'm gonna stop and practice your presence. You are here with me now, and I choose to bring all these thoughts captive to you. Fill me with your thoughts, I'm listening to you. Thank you that I have the very mind of Christ, and I choose right now to be present to you. I step out of this and into your light." And so by doing that, we're using our will to redirect our rational mind, and then our heart can be flooded with truth. And then sometimes, you know, it's just helpful to stop what we're doing and maybe move our physical body around a little, uh, stop and do something different. Um, the antidote is we've got to turn our attention, interrupt what we're doing in, in those thoughts and turn our attention to something else. But our greatest weapon is the renewal of the mind. Letting the Holy Spirit have his place and not indulging the darkness. So sometimes I would think, oh, I just did that 10 minutes ago and here I go again. But I would say, okay, you know, whatever it takes, I'm gonna keep battling this till I set in this new habit. Uh, And nobody can do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. We have to turn off this narcissistic tendency and do it ourselves, But we find the Holy Spirit will bring his resurrection life to that. Um, Psalm 44 21 declares, it's the Lord who knows the secrets of our heart. So we can often pray Psalm 26 2 and 3, test me, O Lord, try me, examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me. And I desire to walk continually in your truth. So because we've used introspection to tamp down our anxiety, it's when we arrest that habit, then real anxiety may emerge, real pain may come up. So it's really helpful to ask the Lord, you know, is there anything I can do about this right now? What What is coming up? What's going on? I want to be present to what I'm feeling, what's happening in my heart, and stop and deal with that if we can. And if, if not, if there's nothing we can do in that moment. We just step forward and, you know, do, do the next thing that we know is right. If the Lord shows us, we do that. And we just give this to the Lord. We refuse the introspection and we keep moving forward. But we are going to have to deal with those core, the core pain that originally set us on the track for this habit. Sometimes very, very young. I know for me it was very, very young. So one tool we can use that's really helpful is spiritual journaling. And I included a sheet in the notes for this that shows you how to do it, um, where we actually exchange the thoughts that we're thinking that are dark and diseased in some way, and we listen to what the Lord's saying. So I would encourage you to refer to that. Coming out of this habit, we replace it with the habit of, ab- of abiding. I mentioned that a while ago. Instead of practicing the presence of the old self, we're now practicing the presence of, of the Lord. We're living in the present moment. We're acknowledging another lives in me. He is with me, he is within me, and I abide in him. I choose him. The past is already gone. The future is yet to be written, but I trust God now because He is with me. And as we learn to renew our mind, our curiosity and our wonder gets um, starts growing, our joy and our peace starts growing, and we find we're more creative, we're more productive, we're more engaged in the present moment. This is our birthright, really, to live trusting Him and to live with the freedom and the creativity of the Holy Spirit. So where we have practiced the presence of the old self, Where we um, uh, used to recall all that to mind, we can arrest that. And we can simply say, I acknowledge you're here with me now. You're abiding in me. And this is glorious. It's so simple. And it's so real. And so I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to abide in you. And as our intimacy with him increases, we can bring him. We learn to bring him all our questions. We learn to bring him all our needs. We learn to just bring every issue that's coming up into his presence. And we listen for his answers. We watch for the way through that he makes. We learn to think with him because another lives in us. So I would like to pray now for this. And, um, If you have been listening and you've been able to say, yes, I recognize that I do that, then just enter into this prayer, okay? Get comfortable and just receive. Lord, I recognize in me this terrible habit. I've been practicing it. This is what I've been doing. It's self-centered and I've been ruminating. And just uh, there's a disease in my soul because I've let this habit remain. I ask you to strengthen me now, to decide, to choose, to repent, and to walk anew. Grant me your grace to do this, your empowering strength. Father, I've been trusting my own resources and my own devices to manage my life, to try to fix things, and I repent of trusting myself in that way. I repent of using my own resources and of the unbelief that goes with that. I repent of the wrong kind of self-love where I've set myself up as my own idol God. I now dethrone that idol God and I renounce the idol God self. I'm not the arbiter of truth. You are, Lord. And I enthrone you as the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart, in my mind. I repent of any wrong views I've had of you and ask you to, even in the days ahead, show me what those are. I choose to trust you because I know you're good. I know you're faithful. I know you're worthy of my trust. And I repent of uh, this stronghold. I repent of practicing introspection. I've developed this as a way to manage my own life apart from you and to live apart from you, Lord. I ask you to forgive me now and wash me clean by your blood and I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I make a choice now that by your enabling grace, I'm not going to focus and dwell on the past or project into the future in ways that try to secure myself from my own fears. I'm deciding now that I want to live present. And if any suppressed pain and anxiety come up, that I will bring them to you and I will seek you rather than covering them up. I want to experience all of life, and if that means entering into the battle with this, Lord, I enter into the battle with this, knowing that I have the armor that I need to do war. Strengthen and equip me for this, Lord. Where demonic torment has entered and has kept me from peace because I have so long practiced this, I now bind any demonic torment and I send it to the cross in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, heal my mind, release my mind, anoint me anew now with the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray for those now that your peace would enter, that your quiet would come over their mind, that any demonic claw that has been in their mind is released now in the name of Jesus and that you would flood them with light, that you would ease their mind, that your word and truth and light and life may come in. Let your love flood them, Lord. Teach us, Lord, how to think well, how to think with you, how to think with your your thoughts. With your help, Lord, I set my heart to listen for your words and replace old thoughts with your words. To let this habit fade away from disuse and to establish a new habit of exchanging my thoughts, the old ones for the new, and abiding in your presence. Lord, I no longer want to live in self-consciousness. I no longer want to live by introspection, but I want to live by the consciousness of your presence within me. Thank you for this new freedom. Thank you I can choose to abide in you as you abide in me and give me life. So strengthen me now as an overcomer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again for joining me. The notes are available on my website. Hope to see you next time.